Hi guys, Charlie Gladstone here, and welcome to my fifth edition of Love in the Time of Coronavirus. Thank you very much for all of your lovely comments about this series. I've never had so many nice comments from you all um, via Instagram and via my website. Uh, it's very much appreciated. For those of you who have not listened to this before, it's what I'm calling a slow cast or a slow pod. I have sent a number of friends and acquaintances three very simple questions and asked them just to answer those in whatever way they want. Some answers have been short, some have been long, and they've all been massively considered. Just to reiterate, those three questions are where are you and who are you with? What good do you think will come out of this mess? And please tell me something really good you've discovered or found again or started doing. So I asked a number of people those questions and the answers have been flooding in and I'm very grateful to all of my amazing friends for answering these things. Anyway, first up today is Elisa Timoshkina. You may know her from my previous podcast with her. Elisa is a cook, a supper club host, and in particular, the author of last year's best-selling Salt and Time. I was doing a little bit of Googling and I came up with this from The Independent about Salt and Time. Like the very best in contemporary food writing, Salt and Time is more than recipes. It's an exploration of place and its people told through food. Born in Siberia, Alicia paints a picture of a land and a food that is much more subtle, nuanced and delicious than you might have imagined. Anyway, I asked Alicia the questions and this is what she answered. So I am in London in my flat with my partner and our daughter. So we're all safe and healthy, thankfully. I think the good thing that can come out of this mess is definitely the effect of self-isolation and the lack of travel um, on the environment. There's something quite stunning about the way that nature is taking this time to heal and cleanse itself. I mean, I'm sure we have all seen images of swans in the Venice canals, which is just mind-blowing to imagine. So in a weird way, it seems like the roles have reversed and humans now need to retreat. We've done enough mess. <laughs> and um, nature and um, animals are taking center stage. So it'll be interesting to see if we can sustain this um, more uh, beautiful and more um, fair balance. I have to say that in a very weird way, but the timing of this pandemic has really matched my kind of inner rhythm. I Last year was quite full on and stressful for me with um, the release of my debut cookbook, Salt and Time. And then my daughter was only four months at the time. 
So last year was really in a kind of spending a bit of a shell shock for me, trying to embrace motherhood, look after my child, but also um, do lots of different events um, uh, for promotion of the book, including coming to your wonderful festival, which we absolutely loved. But overall, um, I've reached the end of 2019 quite exhausted and really craving some quiet time and some time to kind of reconnect to myself and just to slow down. Um, but being me, I just knew it'll be a real struggle to give myself permission to do that because I tend to just push myself a bit too much all the time. So I started the year with, it wasn't really a resolution, but just an attempt to slow down and starting to meditate, read, which I haven't done for ages, um, cook for pleasure, make sure that I eat well. And then as I was just entering that zone, um, the pandemic broke out and, you know, in a very interesting way, I was almost prepared for it mentally and internally. My energy levels were quite kind of gentle and low. So the whole, um, you know, lifestyle of self-isolation has weirdly matched my internal needs. But um, so, yeah, the good things that I, for me personally, that have come out of this is a respect for the food. Um, you know, scarcity does bring out um, respect. And luckily, you know, food is not scarce. It's just the way of obtaining it is very confusing and very um, kind of panic driven. Um, but also the the use of the quiet time to reconnect to myself and my family and my child and just to be still, that's something we don't do much, you know, just to sit and observe my child play um, or join her in the, in the game. Um, so that's that's been quite wonderful. I do get moments when I get overwhelmed and scared, especially for her, that what if this is our life from now on? And how is she gonna develop without having any children around? She is the only child for now. Um, but at the same time, I managed to contain those slightly irrational, anxious thoughts and just bring myself to here and now and just enjoy my time with my child. So thank you very much to Elisa. I do seriously urge you to uh, buy Salt and Time. Try and buy it from an independent bookseller at the moment. I do actually think it's incredibly important to put our money where our mouths are at the moment. I know that lots of us have less money, of course, and less certainty than we did before. But if we do truly believe in independent retailers, then we need to buy stuff from them at the moment. I mean, almost gratuitously, because I can tell you, being an independent retailer myself, we are all struggling. During this series, I have been talking about long albums and about those albums that take much longer to get into, perhaps, than shorter works. Of course, the digital age has made lots of albums, double albums, but so far I've talked about some classic albums, including Sign of the Times, Bitches Brew and Sandinista, and those are some of the albums that it took me longer than others to get into, but that 
endlessly reward the work. Of course, I think there are two classic longer albums or double albums that I should mention, but I'm not going to really eulogise about because to be truthful, they're not really my albums. And those are The White Album by The Beatles and Exile on Main Street by The Stones. I, I do like The White Album. In fact, it's certainly my favourite Beatles album, although it's not regarded as by any means their best. I'm not mad on Exile on Main Street, but those are two classic longer albums. A couple of classic double albums that, that I particularly love are Out of the Blue by the Electric Light Orchestra, released in 1977. Unbelievably unfashionable at the time, but I fell in love with it. And it's weird this really, because at the same time I was loving bands like The Jam and The Clash, but there was definitely room, as far as I could see, for bands like ELO, who I think are one of the great, most nuanced, most subtle, most beautiful pop artists of our time. Of course, it's all the work of one man in reality, Jeff Lynne. And um, they reformed, as you may know, a number of years ago now and played a big show in Hyde Park, which we missed. But we did go and see them at the O2, which was absolutely wonderful. I had never seen them in their heyday. And it had always been one of the bands that I'd missed and very much wanted to see. But I, I did, we did go and see them, Caroline and I. We only went the two of us because the tickets were brutally expensive, I seem to recall. But it was wonderful. Anyway, I think that Out of the Blue is as perfect a pop album as you can get. It is really an immaculate work. And I urge you to, to re-listen to it or, or give it a go. Um, without prejudice, it's just an exquisite album. Another double album that I love, which is actually on vinyl two and a half sides, extended to three with some music from a film, is last year's magnum opus by The National, I'm Easy to Find. They seem to be the most restlessly creative and energetic band on the planet, and I do absolutely love their work. I'm Easy to Find came after years of touring and only two years after its predecessor, it's 16 tracks long and it is completely brilliant. There isn't a weak track on it. What's so interesting is they really did reinvent their sound in as much as any band can reinvent their sound, in particular by introducing a range of incredible female vocalists into the mix. And every single track on that album works beautifully for me. I think it's the, the greatest work of alternative rock for 20 years or so and certainly their best record. And um, so there you go. I'm easy to find by The National. Anyway, back to my guests. Next up is Katie Elliott. You may know Katie Elliott from her own blog and from her work under the name of Little Challenges. So littlechallenges.com is her website. She makes, at the moment which she talks about here, Little Connections, which are free 60-minute online conversations for groups of no more than six people, hosted by Katie herself. Katie suffered substantially and massively in the past from depression and anxiety, and by making small changes, she has improved her life and subsequently improved the life of an enormous number of other people. So. Here is Katie talking about how she's getting on during the lockdown. Hi, I'm Katie Elliott. I'm currently at home in Gloucestershire. 
I live in a little town called Wooten under Edge, at the bottom of a very steep hill, which I try to climb up every day, partly because it's good exercise and partly because at the top of the hill there's a wood which is full of bluebells and wild garlic and wood anemones, which is one of my very favourite places to be. But when I'm not walking up there, I'm down here with two guinea pigs and two teenage sons, quite often feeding one or other of them. One thing that I hope will come out of all this is a deeper appreciation, generally, of all of the people in society who do jobs which are absolutely invaluable, but very often overlooked and underpaid. I really hope that we might emerge on the other side with a better sense of what's important. One really good thing that I've just started doing is having a daily conversation with people that I've never met before. So a couple of weeks ago, I thought it would be fun to create an opportunity for people who would never normally meet one another to have hour-long conversations online in really small groups. There are never more than six people, and we never know at the outset exactly what we're going to talk about. But it doesn't actually seem to matter what we talk about. It's the way in which we talk that feels important. It's a space for really listening and really connecting. If that sounds like something that you would enjoy doing, you're really welcome to join me any day. You can find out all the details on my website at littlechallenges.com. I had also mentioned in previous episodes a few books that I'd loved recently that you may or may not have come across. Um, And I've been looking through my pile of books I've read this year. I read Patti Smith's Year of the Monkey some months ago now. It isn't as good as Just Kids, of course, but really what could be. But it is a wonderful sort of part diary, part fever dream book. And I would highly recommend it if you're any way interested in Patti Smith. I mean, I think her writing is better than her music. I love her music, but I think her writing is quite brilliant. And she truly is the very definition of an icon. I also read the much hyped book, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid which is about class and racism in America. Quite a funny story, quite lightweight. I mean, I think if you enjoy the Sally Rooney books, you'll enjoy that. I think it's been a sort of number one bestseller, so I probably don't really need to tell you about it. But one that I did pick up in a small bookshop, actually in New York, was Convenience Store Woman by Sayaka Murata. That's S-A-Y-A-K-A-M-U-R. A-T-A, which I think is really funny, really weird, very literary, um, really rather wonderful. Um, And I'd highly recommend it, actually. I mean, I I barely know if it's been published in this country, but I'm sure you can find it. Um, So, yeah, convenience store woman. Anyway, those are three enjoyable novels. Not that I'm suggesting that you have lots of spare time. Next up today, and finally, is my dear friend Priscilla Woolworth, who lives in the Hudson Valley in America and has been named widely as one of America's green pioneers. For years, she ran an online eco-friendly general store, and then she moved to the East Coast from Los Angeles, where she publishes a quarterly and really brilliant Almanac newsletter about everything that's positive that's going on in the environment. She also has a book, Lola, lots of love always, and she is growing her own vegetables on a small farm in Hudson Valley, trying to do perfect work for the environment and simultaneously 
enjoy herself and influence people. So this is what Priscilla dialed in from the US of A. During this time at home, I'm trying to be as productive as possible and have started working in my vegetable garden, removing the ratty raised beds that I cobbled together two years ago and am rebuilding them properly using the same materials. I'm also extending the garden to include uh, flowers for pollinators and also medicinal herb garden. And I'm learning a lot more about the medicinal and edible plants found on a walk in the woods by my home. Why do we need a catastrophe to realize what really matters, like how much we love the people in our lives and the value of these relationships? I hope that many people develop a or have discovered a deeper respect and love of nature and how essential it is that we nourish and protect it. I also hope that all the wet markets in China become illegal and are shunned by everyone there. I've been getting a lot of new orders for my book, Lola. It seems like people are interested in learning how to live more self-sufficiently and making healthier choices for themselves, which is really exciting. I'm so happy about it. Well, that's it for edition five of Love in the Time of Coronavirus. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope that you are doing okay. I am fine. I'm, I'm well. I'm in Wales. I have become more than mildly obsessed with buying cleaning materials. Um, one of the things that happened is that I realised that our house just wasn't as clean, shall we say, as it should have been. And um, so I have bought lots of cleaning materials, a lot of them from Amazon. I'm slightly ashamed to say, contradicting what I just said about dealing with small retailers. I ended up with 48 things of Harpic Loo Cleaner by mistake, which shows a sort of reckless abandon of shopping because I actually bought four boxes of 12 rather than four tubes, which is what I was going in for. Anyway, there is very little more satisfying than a really well-stocked cleaning cupboard. I don't know about you, but I also love... I've got an electric car now. Yay! But I loved having a car full of diesel or petrol. I mean, don't worry, I've still got my Land Rover, which is belching diesel everywhere. Um, but I always loved that feeling of having a full tank. And I've discovered that having a full cleaning cupboard is an even better feeling. So there you go. Weird, I don't know. It, it, I, it is definitely a form of madness. I understand that, but I do like it. Anyway, that's all from me. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you very, very much for your kind comments. Uh, do stay as safe as you can. Do stay at home. Do look after everyone. Do value the things that matter. Do vote love. And do send thanks to my friend, Jim Friend, for another rapid editing job on this. Thanks so much. See you soon. Bye.